Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and of her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello, Pastor Henry. All the way over there. This is Pastor Deborah again. As promised, this is another section, another part, really the very beginning one, of the Inheritance Series that I'm doing for you and your lovely people. So I wanted to come back to you and say thank you for I am deeply honored and privileged to be speaking to you and teaching you all the way from my living room. Oh, I love your country so much. If you hear a strange noise, it is my computer making these strange noises. But I hope you can look past that. I want to say welcome again to Agape Love, Love is Here, a tele-ministry, a global teaching ministry. And so let's get started. As you know, I teach deep levels out of the Bible from my personal experiences and from the realm of the Spirit. That's the realm that we were told young men named Christ Jesus, that his words to us out of his Bible were spirit and life. I had to learn that. I had to learn to look past flesh. I had to learn, and I had to learn how to look at somebody in the church service, in a worship and praise service, and leave and listen to their prayers and determine what part of them, their spirit, their soul, and their physical body, was doing that work. <clears throat> I had to learn. For most of us, we believe what we are doing is spiritual, and it's pleasing to the God of the Bible that we say we love. But most of it is just flesh. It's coming out of our soul, and it's emotions to please and using our physical body. I had to learn about that realm that Jesus Christ talked so much about. The realm of the Spirit, where the kingdom of heaven was, where the Father is a spirit. And he only delights in that part of us, the spiritual part of us, when it worships and praises us. I had to learn that. And our holy teacher, he taught me through scriptures, following out the references. But unless I was asking that question, 
Now, if you hear a noise in the background, my air conditioner just came on. I had to have a questioning heart. I had to be seeking answers. I had to be a truth seeker. For you cannot get the answers you want, the explanations, the deep spiritual explanations that your spirit is deeply desiring to know if you don't ask questions. If you don't look with your spiritual eyes, your soul will have to help you. And so, therefore, it becomes your whole system, your physical body, listening with its earthly ears, attending church services and meetings, looking with your earthly eyes. It takes your soul desiring to want to know and it intently seeking answers. Not just following the crowd or just believing what the pastor says. They may be wrong. I learned a long time ago that every pastor has been trained and educated by a school of thought, by a denomination, by certain cultural histories, by ancestors, by the circumstances around them. Certain scriptures have been emphasized above others. And how I started learning that there was such a deep level was that I got introduced into the ministry I was to do by meeting multi-generational Satanists. You might call them witch doctors or shamans or medicine people. The ones that contacted the other worlds. A lot of you may have heard about voodoo. Came from Africa, you know. I didn't know anything about that realm that those people went into. Spirits, I didn't know anything. So in my process of learning, I discovered that I, the real me, and the real father that I am to worship is a spirit. And I saw how our friends, our lovely brothers and sisters, and even those who don't know yet that they are our brothers and sisters, were worshiping things in the natural, maybe rivers and streams and the stars. Maybe we're going by days. It's called in the word rudimentary, elementary things. We were, the seasons controlled us. We worshiped them. The rainy season, the dry seasons. We worshipped idols that were made of wood and stone. We were in ignorance. We didn't know any better. But we always knew there was a few people who were in contact with another realm. And we went to them for help. We went to them to send blessings to our family or curses to those people that hurt us and wounded us. We went to our ambulance and our talismans 
or protection against evil spirits or bad luck. We turn to that realm of the spirit when there are floods or droughts or sicknesses and diseases that we couldn't fix with our medicines or our earthly concoctions of herbs and prayers. We turn to that realm. Most of us believe that our kings and our leaders were divinely chosen by the gods. Then somewhere along the line we learned there were seemed to be a lot of gods. Over here in America we have Buddhist who they believe he was sort of a divine teacher. We have Confucius out of China who has some words of wisdom and a philosophy that becomes a god. We have L. Ron Hubbard, a man who is almost worshipped as a god in Scientology. We have the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith. He's a lot like Muhammad. He had a vision from a visiting angel. Wrote a book called the Book of Mormon. Just like Muhammad and the Quran. Oh, there's many, many prophets, preachers, and teachers, many faiths and religions. All right now in Islam, a lot of you may know, there's infighting going on between the Shias and the Sunnis. For who is going to be the leader of that worldwide religion? Mm-hmm. We had that in Christianity between the Catholics and the Protestants. Wars upon wars upon wars. Countries and nations fighting other countries and nations for which religion was to control the government, the businesses, the people, and was to be worshipped. Oh, it has been a mess out there. And you probably see it right there in your country. Mm-hmm. It's worldwide. And when some people don't like whatever system you have, they overthrow it. We sort of got that trying going on over here. Things are stirred up. Don't like the way it used to be. Want something new. But everything they want, whether it's socialism or communism, it's already been tried in other countries. Didn't work out so well. Could it have? Sure, maybe. If the leaders were true. But usually it doesn't work out that way. So let's get into this video number one of three called The Inheritance. Let's start with some scriptures I use. I love them so much because they help you. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, 
but the honor or of kings let's be us is to search out a matter so right there when you are trying to grow in your faith know that there are some hidden things that have been purposely hidden from you but if you want to find them act like a king be an archaeologist search look research ponder ask questions if you don't know how to read learn how to read did you know one of our presidents named Abraham Lincoln taught himself to read by himself out of the Christian Bible do you know that was the first textbook in many schools the Christian Bible you can use it you can learn science math reading history I bet you could do that with any book you could learn to read now I learned when I was much younger we were taught the phonetics way of reading we would see some letters and we had to learn how to sound them out so any time we saw those letters we'll use the word dog d o g written down somewhere and there was no picture with it we would sound it up d d d o o for o and g g dog and then our teacher would show us pictures of dogs so we would use what they call sight learning visual and sound now some people learn how to read just what they call whole language they just look and they memorize the picture of a dog but if you run across the word dog for dog a four-legged animal you may not know how to read the word because you haven't learned how to sound out the letters so knowing your letters and reading you can do it you don't have to have a formal school you practice using your hand and eye coordination you write the words you memorize them you take tests on them but you don't have to but it is a way where your brain uses your physical hand your eyesight your ears and your brain so input is coming in from all five senses <clears throat> and it helps your brain to remember so there is a god we learned and his glory his reputation his greatness is in hiding things there's some things you don't need to know yet little children as you know they don't need to know everything us adults know about everything what we know they couldn't understand it so god works with us at the level that our spirit and our soul are at some of you have spirits that are still in trances they haven't arisen out of the mud and the darkness yet they're hiding out of fear 
Some of you were put into a trance, into a deep sleep. Too afraid to come out. So your spirit's never learning. And the only thing learning is your flesh. But when it comes time, and your flesh, your soul, starts saying, I want to know. And it starts asking questions. Doesn't just go along with what everybody says. I didn't do that. I questioned everything out of every book I read. Every story that somebody told me. I followed my mother and father's teaching on Santa Claus, the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny. And I taught that to my son. And yet they were all lies. We can learn lies, which is called darkness and ignorance, from our parents and our grandparents. And then the world around us, the people, reinforces that that's true and we will teach a a lie to our own children. When I discovered it, that that was just vain babblings, philosophies of the world. And I was a liar to my own child. I had to repent. I had to see what it was. I didn't blame my parents. They were just doing what parents do. I was asked and told by the Most High God to go to my son, who was about eight years old. Get on my knees in front of him and ask his forgiveness for lying to him about Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny. Have you ever lied to your own children? I did. I lied with the same story I was lied to. I was given an inheritance, a possession, the lie that there was a real Santa Claus, a Tooth Fairy, and an Easter Bunny, and they brought goods. If you put your tooth under your pillow... Money would show up. Santa Claus came down a chimney, ate the milk and cookies. I was inheriting. I was given this possession, this lie. And I passed it on to my child. Out of ignorance for the truth. Once you have one of those aha moments, I didn't trust anybody. I didn't get mad at my parents. They did only what they knew to do. But when I sat under pastors, teachers, and I read books, I asked the holy teacher, is that true? Is that what it really means? And you know what I discovered? That the pastors in ignorance and darkness or passing on to me like my parents what they had learned in their Bible schools from their denominations from their denominations personal experiences and they really believed it did I believe there was a Santa Claus yes and no society was telling me there was I saw him every year in the Macy's day Thanksgiving Day Parade. He was in the stores. Wasn't he real? Saw movies and cartoons about him. 
Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There was music and cartoons. But somehow it was all a lie. So I had inherited a lie as a possession. Something that was mine and I passed it on. I was giving my son an inheritance of ignorance and darkness. And I didn't even know I was. So when you start seeking and have a searching soul and heart and mind. And you wake your spirit up. Sometimes you have to tell it, wake up, we're going to study. Then you have to be a questioning spirit. When you listen to even Pastor Henry, or you listen to ancestors or witch doctors or shamans, go, is that true? You don't have to make a big noise about it. Just inside of yourself go, is that true, God? Is, is what they're saying the truth? Pastor Henry wouldn't be mad at you for questioning him because he's teaching you only what he knows. Just like I was teaching Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, and the Easter bunny. So you don't get mad at Pastor Henry. He's doing all he can do to help you. But this becomes a personal journey of yours to receive your inheritance. One that's filled with light and truth and glory. So become a king. Become an archaeologist. And start questioning. Asking questions. Search out a matter. Deuteronomy 29.29 The secret things. Oh dear, we just talked about that. What are secret things? They are hidden things. Are they truths? Yes. Good or bad, they're truths. A lot of people don't want you to know the secret things of their lives because they're not very good. Mm-hmm. We got that going on right over here. Those secret things belong to the Lord, the owner of those secret things. Our God. So he has a lot of things for you that he owns personally that you're going to learn that when you receive your inheritance from him he's holding it for you waiting for you to come of age so that you can use it wisely and as it was intended to To help people. But those things. Which are revealed. They belong to all of us. And even to our children. Forever. He's revealed a lot to us. If you'll look in nature. Mm -hmm. People learned about him. By looking at the stars. And the sun. And nature itself. So he is revealing much of himself not all of it through nature but if you start looking even nature will unveil and uncover the deep things hidden in their 
showing us, expressing us. They're shining out secrets to us. But are you looking? Are you associating nature with the character, the image, and the likeness of God himself? Or do you see nature separate? When you look at plants and animals and birds and fish and the water, the air, and even the dirt, do you see him? What is he telling you through that? What are they speaking to you? When you learn that they are talking to you, they're revealing law to you and the word of the kingdom of heaven and that unseen spiritual realm. And they are reflecting and shining out the image and likeness of him and his heart and his mind and his kingdom. Then you learn everything speaks. So, let's begin. In this video, video one of the inheritance, as you can see on the board behind me, we're going to talk about what is an inheritance. Is it a gift? Is it a reward? Is it a blessing? What exactly is it? Does somebody have to give you or leave you an inheritance? And does it become yours as a possession at a certain time? Those are some valuable questions that we have to learn. And as we're going through this, remember, we don't know this God like we really think we know him. We know very little about him. And in fact, in my studying of the inheritance, I found out and it was revealed to me that our God had to come of age. He had to pass some tests that his word and his law said were required to receive his inheritance. You see, we learn a lot about ourselves. And then we learn about him. I learned a long time ago, I go, what happened to man? He says, you want to know how come man fell? How the process looked? Go study Lucifer, the anointed cherubim. The son of the morning. That meant the son of the first age. Study his fall. What happened to him? And you'll learn about yourself. Humanity. So by studying the inheritance. That we want. And the word promises us. We learn a lot about God himself. So let's begin and let's start becoming an archaeologist, a truth seeker, digging. What exactly is an inheritance? You know me. We're going to go to Webster's Dictionary. We're going to look up. I hope everybody has a dictionary or one in the family or one in the 
village. If not, do the best you can. Webster's Dictionary. If you have iPhone services, internet, if you Google it, the word, it should come up on Wikipedia. Learn to ask questions. Learn to look up definitions. Read them slowly. Take notes. Number one. An inheritance. To come into possession. Or receive as a right. A legal or divine portion. Two. To receive from an ancestor. By transmission. Usually through genetics or by law of title or when you come of age by conditions that is set down in the legal order the trust many different ways you can receive an inheritance three it is something that is set in a legal document. Could be a prophecy. That's a legal document. When you speak words, your words become law. If you give your child a name that one of the child's ancestors or relatives had, hoping to give them some advantage, some character. That's an inheritance. You gave it by word. Spoken word. Also an inheritance are our traditions. We pass them down through verbal, just by our children watching us. They are our beliefs. They are our behaviors. Those are all inherited. Mm -hmm. You can pass on all of that. Just by being yourself. Another word, it's a promise. It's an announcement, a pledge. A divine assurance of good things. Or... It could be divine promise of bad things. We might call them blessings or curses. Depending on what you do. Mm -hmm. It's a message. Something promised us. We read a lot about that in the book. About these promises of God. But we haven't yet received them. It can be written, can be spoken, can be decreed. It's a word, a vow. It's a sworn legal document. We can do that. Those are all inheritances. It is something that somebody gives you. I don't know what just happened to my computer. But an inheritance is something that is given to you. You may know the person. You may not. It may have happened years ago. And the conditions have been fulfilled. 
the time is right, and you happen to be the generation that gets it. You may be the firstborn. That's the rule. So, there's a lot of things about inheritance. It's a command. Some of us are commanded by our inheritances. Some things happen to us that we know nothing about, but were spoken words by our ancestors, prayers that were prayed, blessings or sacrifices we've done. I'll tell you my story, what I inherited. I didn't learn this until I got into the ministry that I'm in now. I come from a family. My father's side was from Northern Ireland. My mother's side was from uh, the Cherokee Indians. And I don't know who else. On my father's side, there was some lady, never met her, four generations back. Up in Northern Ireland, there was a lot of Druids. We might call them shamans, very spiritual people. And this one lady she had sex with got pregnant by one of the Druids. A high, high priest. Well, that druid wanted to take that baby and sacrifice it unto their gods. But this lady wanted the baby, so they made a deal. The lady said, if I can keep this child, you can have my fourth generation, firstborn grandchild which happened to be my brother, a male. Well, they got him. He became mentally ill, was abused, tormented, rejected, and abandoned, probably around two or three years old. He's dead now. He's in heaven. My father's in heaven. My mother's in heaven. But what happened was, A deal was made by an ancestor for her to keep this child. And she promised Satan could have an inheritance, a child he wanted. Four generations from her. So sometimes our ancestors promise the bad guys, promise all kinds of things to divine gods. And we catch the brunt of it. That's what happened in my family. Through an ancestor. Our ancestors were wonderful people, but most of them lived in ignorance and darkness. They passed on to us things that were hurtful and curse-filled. Some passed on wonderful blessings. But some of them, they were just a mess. We're not to lift up our ancestors. We're only to lift up the God of the creation of all life. So inheritance becomes a possession. 
something for us to seize, take hold of, becomes ours, comes upon us. It's our portion. It can be good or it can be bad, considered a curse. So somebody else's actions and desires in my family cause my brother and his mother, my mom, to have a horrible relationship and he was taken and cursed and mistreated rejected and abandoned even though they didn't know it was happening and it was horrible to watch I came along four years later had no idea what was going on how many of us know why our children end up the way they do because somebody in our background passed on an inheritance that had to wait till the fullness of time. Do you know that our ancestors can promise their grandchildren to serve God or to serve Satan? I saw and was honored and privileged spiritually to watch and see in a ceremony a great man who had been president of the United States of America to promise his grandchildren to Satan so that he and his family that were now alive could have blessings and fortune and money and legacy and power. Our ancestors will sell us out for their desires. Some of our ancestors were great blessings to us. Some of us sold us into human trafficking before we were even out of the womb, before we were even conceived. It happens all the time. When you get an inheritance, you possess it. You own it. It will drive you and guide you. And it did my brother. His thoughts, his concepts, and his beliefs. How he interpreted situations was all driven. Was all orchestrated by that curse. By that vow, that inheritance he received from one of his ancestors from four generations back it's something that's bequeathed us it's distributed to us it's given to us sometimes they have to wait sometimes our ancestors don't like our their own kids and they'll skip them and they'll go to the grandkids sometimes they have great fortunes and they pass it on to a certain firstborn or a first girl or a first boy. But only if you give them their name. In some families, they have to dedicate their firstborn to a God. They have to go into the ministry. They have to give up their life. It's very interesting. So we get born out of the womb and things are already set in motion for our life through inheritance through vows and pledges and gifts that we know nothing about 
inheritance. It is a promise. It's a promise we make for others. It's a promise that's given to us. If you study the Bible, you'll hear a lot about the promise. The promises of God. Those are our inheritance. You haven't received them yet. It's a contract of a gift. We know a lot of times we want to give our children good things. But we got to wait till they get a little older. Because they're not ready. They couldn't handle it. Some of us have to pass through manhood. Can't even have children even though the promise is there. Inside a little girl the ovary is there. The eggs are there. The womb is there. But until a certain time when puberty kicks in. Can the promise of being a mother and having children come forth? A lot of things must wait till the passage of time. But we get it in a promise. We get assurance, an announcement. Let's look at in the Bible with Mary. She was espoused, engaged to Joseph. But they weren't married yet. They were promised to each other. Sometimes our parents even do that to us, our answer. They promise that my firstborn child will marry your firstborn child. And we will keep the family strong, all the goods and fortunes within our family. And you hadn't even been conceived yet. And you get born and you don't have a say. You can't marry who you love because the contract for the inheritance is already signed. A pledge was already given by our ancestors. An inheritance is a gift. It's a reward for doing things. It's a present. Sort of freely given. Can be a bride. Can be a bribe. It can be false. It can be a way of trickery, deception. could just be words. It can be given. It can be also taken away. And eventually, this inheritance becomes your personal possession upon receiving it. Usually there are stipulations with receiving it. You might have to be a certain age. Before you can receive it. Maybe you have to do certain things. To receive it. Sometimes. Uh, over here in America. A lot of fortunes are passed on to their children. Maybe when they get to the age of 40. Because a lot of people will waste away the money. They don't have the sense. Sometimes they're. The stipulations of the inheritance say you can only use it for this. So whoever is giving the gift, the inheritance, writes the rules, the guidelines for in giving it, when and to who. Some people get cut out of their inheritance, disinherited, because they displease the one who's giving the gift.
It is a heritage, something from the ancestors. It's bequeathed. Some people can handle them, and some people can't. I want you to start reading, when you read the Bible, to look for the word, the promises of God, the your inheritance. Remember, God is going to reveal himself to you. So I told you in the first video, there was a lot that even God himself had to wait to inherit. He promised humanity many things. But he said you got to first come of age. God himself in the Old Testament was a rowdy young God. Very angry. Dealing with the flesh of man all the time. Made him very mad. And he disappeared for about 400 years from the Bible. Excuse me. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament. He had spoken a lot. Promised a lot. Said a lot. Dreamed a lot. Hoped a lot. Told us a lot of what he wanted to do. But he couldn't do it with flesh. As we learn that flesh and blood cannot inherit his spiritual inheritance. And he wasn't even ready. He put himself, you'll learn, under his own words. He raised his name, his image, his likeness, and his word above himself. He had to submit himself to his own laws. He had to prove himself to all of creation that he was not above the law. He told humanity... That there was one kind of law for everybody, even himself. And the greatest law there ever was, was you had to be willing to lay down your life for a guilty person and to give it freely. Even though you had nothing to do with it and pay the price for somebody else. That that was the ultimate. Loving your neighbor. He tells us that. That's what his son did. Christ Jesus. But we forget. That he himself. The father. Was always with Christ. Inside of him. He had to pay the price. That he asked us. To pay. And when he did that on the cross, he was able at that time to receive his inheritance back into his heart, which was all of creation and all of humanity. Up until that time, they were all waiting in prison cells down in hell and Sheol and Hades, locked behind gates. And he didn't have the key to unlock them. Because he had said himself under his own words. So on the cross you think it was just Christ Jesus. 
He had spent 400 years getting himself ready, waiting for certain conditions to be correct on the planet, waiting for prototypes of governments. So when he spoke, we could understand. He was preparing in deep prayer and isolation to come back and not be the flesh creature he was, angry and full of just fire and brimstone. He wanted what he wanted so bad. He wanted a family and children and got stripped away from him, stolen and kidnapped. He thought he could work with the flesh. Every once in a while he'd find one person, a prophet, was one somebody. But he had to sit there and he was mad and angry. And that's where in the Quran, they're still in the Old Testament. And with the Catholic Church, they're still with an angry God. They have to pray to Mother Mary. So she will go and talk to her son, Jesus, because they believe he's too mad to talk to. They don't know this truth. He had to go away. He had to grow up. He had to set down his anger. Couldn't keep going the way he was. So he went away for 400 years. Prayer and went off on a sabbatical. Getting himself ready to come back. To re-engage with creation and humanity again. But this time. He was loving and kind. He had toned down some of his anger. He could deal with the enemy. Correctly. And he could love on humanity. Who he always loved so very much. And he could teach us, tell us stories. He didn't get so mad. Because he knew what was coming for himself, the cross. He was going to have to go into hell himself. He was going to have to be rejected openly. And still walk to the cross and carry it himself. He was going to have to be in great pains. And he was going to even have to leave some part of himself. He was going to have to pay the price of the law for others. He had to show the greatest love there ever was. Was to lay down his own life. And when he did that. The words he had spoken and the promises that he had even made to himself could be fulfilled. He had come of age. So he's showing us, even though you don't see it yet, what were his inheritance? The people, the earth, a family, the children he had always desired could now be fulfilled. But he couldn't even get the keys to hell, death, and the grave back. 
in the Old Testament. He himself had to meet the conditions of the inheritance for him to inherit the people as his possession, his own children in his kingdom. He had to go to the cross inside his own son. His word went and paid the price. Then, the power of the inheritance, the promises he had made, could be fulfilled for himself. So he shows us he went first showed us the way of getting the inheritance. That you have to pay a price, you have to come of age. And he showed us how he did it so that we can learn how we must do it ourselves. Let's listen to a few of his inheritances, his possessions he was was hoping to receive. The Lord shall inherit Judah. Judah means praise. His portion into the holy land. And shall choose Jerusalem again. How about this one? Those blessed shall inherit the earth. He had even lost possession of the earth to this Satan dude. Even though he created, he lost the management, the government of it. So he had to pay his price. He had to receive the inheritance back. He had to become wise. Even though he already was, he had to submit to the wisdom of the law, which made him wise to inherit his glory. His reputation was at stake all through his inheritance. We're even told that through faith and patience, in Hebrews 6.12, you you can inherit the promises, the inheritance. So even God had to have faith and patience in order to inherit what he desired. And that was all things. He had children that he needed to inherit. But he could not receive them in the condition he was in in the Old Testament. He wouldn't pass the test. Even the law wouldn't give it to him. So he too had to come of age. Then he had to inherit being the captain over this inheritance. You'll read a lot in the scriptures if you do a study about the things he promises to us. And you'll learn a lot that he has to wait for us to grow up. Just like he had to grow up. I hope it doesn't take you 400 years to grow up. I want to read a few things to you that we hear about growing up because that's going to be the next tape. Galatians 4, 
And we're in, uh, we'll start with verse 3. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements, the rudiments of the world. You think God was ever a child emotionally in his feelings and actions? Yes. He was a God with great power in the Old Testament. He was a young whippersnapper teenager down here showing off his glory and excellence against Pharaoh and all the stuff. But it didn't seem to help. Oh, he was getting glory from the pharaohs of the world but from his own people all they wanted was give us something to eat and if he stayed quiet the whole flesh went off and served other gods even though he gave them the word the law the ten commandments they didn't do it that'd make you mad i think he stayed in a mad more than he was happy and glad he was like a young teenager full of power and glory and wanting to be loved we see it all the time in gangs and young people full of energy and yelling and screaming and protesting wanting people to change but nothing happens and you get angry that's what he was in the Old Testament. Because he was dealing with just flesh and bone. And you can't change flesh and bone. Verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, even God had to wait. He had to wait on himself to grow up. He had to wait on things on the earth to be in a certain place. So when he spoke again to us, we had models. We could look at the government. We could have a better understanding. He had to wait for humanity to get a little older, wiser. Then God could send forth his son. His son is the word, which is himself, his expression, his thoughts, his ideas. And he formed it into the son, an offspring. His own image and likeness of his deep inside. The word made flesh covered in dirt not even from the earth was made inside the woman there was no seed of man no seed from Joseph no sperm from any human it was special dirt Everything had to be pure and innocent and sinless. The dirt that covered Jesus was not even of this earth. Couldn't be. This earth from back in the Old Testament was cursed. God cursed the earth for man's sake, for Adam's sake. Then the earth cursed Cain. 
you'll go watch I'll put it up there in the little card the video I made from Moses Pastor Moses in Uganda you will learn God couldn't use dirt from this earth it was immortal dirt that the original Adam had unsinless untainted pure and there's a lot of other scriptures you can do just follow the scripture references out verse 5 of Galatians 4 1 to redeem rebuy back reown them that were under the law of the rudiments the elementary things of the world that's like we follow the stars the phases of the moon the seasons our flesh and blood that's what that means he says in order to get you back that were under this law of flesh and bone that cannot inherit these spiritual inherited promises he had to do something he had to come the word had to come to bring forth an adoption a legal contract that we would become his sons his offspring his image and likeness and if we became legally his sons adopted we then could become his heirs you couldn't receive his promises his inheritance he had made a law that the firstborn, excuse me, the son, not the male gender, but the image and likeness of himself, his offspring, something that was of his image, his ideas, his authority, and walked in them also of the mother part of him agape love only those who could lay down their lives like he did on the cross for somebody else could be adopted as his sons now they would be adopted because you're going to adopt a little baby even before they're conceived but they will be yours you have to wait for the conception the promise is there you have to wait for them to grow you have to sign their birth certificate I bet if you went and looked for your birth certificate in the halls of the courts of the kingdom of heaven it would be there for you so he had to redo all of that in order for you to inherit his promises you had to become his son 
his offspring. So don't think of male gender. You had to be like Adam, the firstborn. That was his law. Verse 6. And because one is now a son, an offspring, you are made in his image and likeness again. By God sending forth his spirit of his son, so the word, his offspring, has a spirit attached to it. Those are his thoughts, his words, his great love. Into your hearts, into your spirit and your soul. It doesn't go to your soul. Goes to your spirit. And this spirit is speaking, saying all the time to your spirit Abba, Father. So the spirit of the word, the spirit of the Son, inside of you, is saying, Father, Father, Father. And that had to occur for you to inherit the promises. So in conclusion, the inheritance is something that is given by somebody else. It can be a blessing or a curse. Usually it it passes down through long generations. It's a possession. But you have to be in the right situation. In this case with God, you had to be considered the firstborn. The son, the heir. The only way that could happen was inside of your spirit, there was a voice crying to your spirit, speaking to it, telling you, you are an offspring of God. He is your father. This was the trouble the Jewish people had when Jesus walked on the earth. They didn't believe, and neither does Islam and many others, that this God had any one but him. He had no children. He was just beside himself. There was no others. He had lots of prophets, but no sons. And surely humanity can't be gods. But in ancient Egypt and Greece and stuff, they believed that gods had children. And they were incarnating human beings. So it's a big mess out there. So your inheritance. We're going to study more in video two about that. About coming of age. You'll learn about him. A little deeper. And about yourself. But know that there is an inheritance. Some of you may have already. It might be working in your life. If you got a blessing. From your ancestors. When you get baptized. That's an inheritance. Words are said over you. Words are said and prophesied. Even when you're in the womb, parents and relatives can lay their hands on your, the, 
the tummy and pray words over you. Children can be prophesied to come forth by our ancestors. Then you give a name and you inherit all of the things that your relatives and ancestors had in your life, good and bad, blessings and curses. It's all done in ignorance. Some it's not. The other side, the spiritual side, they know all about inheritances. And they like to keep things in the family. Mm-hmm. Nothing is done in this world without both sides being aware of it, knowing about blessings and curses, inheritances, keeping things in the family, keeping our ancient ancestors alive, the names you give your children, the DNA and the genes that you have, those are all inherited. Some of you inherit different colors of skin or sicknesses and diseases or immunities, colors of your eyes, the shapes of your fingers, how tall you are, how short you are. We all inherit DNA. We get some from our father and some from our mother. Inheritance, it's everywhere. But you have to look Study it to learn about yourself, both your biological inheritances of your DNA, your soul's inheritances of your beliefs and traditions, your concepts, your ideas, your family culture, your nation's culture. You hear a lot about I'm in the family business. Maybe you were a farmer or a cattle razor or you made clothes and you were raised to do what the family did that's an inheritance others were sent away to go to school some were just to be sex objects and serve the king or the witch doctor some come from a long line and they inherit the spirits of their ancestors They do what their grandparents did. They might even inherit the hut, the village. Even the many wives that some of you have. Lots of things are passed down. Good and bad. Through inheritance. Sometimes we know we get them. Sometimes our family members tell us. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we inherit bad spiritual things, but the family believes that they are good spiritual things. Sometimes we inherit diseases and sicknesses. We don't want those, but that's how our ancestors had it. Sometimes we have to keep doing things like in female genital mutilization because the tradition of the men and the women they don't want the females to go off in adultery and have any kind of pleasure in sex 
So they mutilate the genitals to stop that. Is that inheritance to that young girl? Yes. It's a tradition and a culture. Is sickness and diseases inherited? Yes. Is your immune system, if it's strong or weak, is that inherited? Yes. Are your feelings, your anger, your depression, your suicide, your lack of hopelessness, your place in society, what caste system you're in, what family you belong to, is that inherited? Yes. Some of us come from families that were traitors, and you're born into that. You don't know anything about it, but you now inherit that same thing. Some of us, we had family members who were just sex slaves, sold into tribes and were slaves of others. And that's what we become. So that too can be inherited. There's a lot of things that you have to look at. The Bible helps you. And there are inheritance, good and bad, blessings and curses. There's inheritance for the flesh and the bone. Inheritances for the soul. And there are spiritual inheritances. So this video is just to start beginning you to study. To look at yourself. Your family. Make a list of what you've inherited. Good and bad. Be a truth seeker and archaeologist. Study, dig, search. Learn about yourself, your family, your ancestors, your nation, your village. Study God and his inheritances. And in the next one, we're going to talk about that you have to meet certain conditions. You have to grow up. You have to set foolish things aside. You can't keep thinking and doing the things you're doing now. And expect to inherit all these wonderful blessings and things that God wants to give you. Can't do it. He couldn't do it. So you have to learn about yourself by learning about him. So I hope you enjoyed this video. Video 1 of What is an Inheritance? Enjoy. I'll come again in a few weeks with part two of coming of age it's excellent and you guys are actually helping me to study because I got to do my scripture references I have to look up and write down I'm recording a lot of other things but right now I got to get this sort of organized and get off with other things to do so enjoy learn Grow. Be a seeker of truth. Ask questions. And you will inherit that which the great father desires you to inherit. But you're going to have to grow up in your thinking and your feeling. And lay aside a lot of foolish stuff. Lay aside a lot of your ancestors and your traditions. And your customs and your beliefs. 
You may have to do some work to get rid of the bad curses that have come upon you from our ancestors, even without us not knowing they have. So be blessed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that through your life and teaching us about you and what you went through to inherit us, And thank you for teaching us about inheritances. Promising us through legal ways. That in order to receive them we must become back. Adopted with the spirit of your son. Living in us. Crying father, father. We thank you that you're showing us the way to grow up. That we may inherit all the blessings that you want to give us. Help us to be seekers of truth, to search and dig and look deep into our own lives and our own families and our own ancestors. Help us, Father, because we can't do this without you. We need your Holy Spirit, the great teacher of the kingdom of heaven, helping us. Help us to see beyond the flesh and the bone. And into the realm of the spirit. Where you are and where Christ Jesus is now. Help us father. We cannot do this by ourselves. Help us to look. With eyes of love. And the eyes of the spirit of your son. Into the deep. Into the treasure chest. Of your word of your treasures of truth and light, that we may come of age, grow up to inherit your inheritances, your promises that you have made to us. In the name of Christ Jesus, the firstborn son, the offspring, and to him who created him, the father of all, Amen. Bye, everybody from America. See you in a couple weeks. Bye, Pastor Henry. Love, Pastor Deborah. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.